0: Welcome back to the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast. The Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast is your podcast source for news and discussion of the meetings and events industry. Each week, we bring you stories of new technologies, new ideas, and new directions that will directly affect all of us in the meetings and events industry. I'm your host, John Trask. I'm a CMP, a CML, and I'm a 30-year veteran of both the audiovisual and meetings and events industry. Welcome once again to the podcast. In past years at WEC, uh, at least the past three or four, I've had an opportunity to sit down and talk with uh, Paul Van Deventer. Uh, he's been a great, uh, a great person to talk to, and we've had a wonderful time uh, when I was doing meetings podcast, talking about sort of what progress was being made within MPI and looking around at. Um, how the organization is headed and what's been going on with them. We had originally intended to sit down and have the very same sort of conversation uh, in uh, in Atlantic City a few weeks ago, but unfortunately there were some uh, outside events that interceded the events in Orlando uh, that drew uh, a lot of attention into uh, requirements within the meeting itself. And so Paul and I were able to uh, reschedule and sit down a little bit after WEC and talk. And in fact, we covered so much ground talking both about the conference itself and about uh, MPI and some of the uh, things that MPI is doing to reinvent itself and position itself within the meetings industry that uh, it's actually going to be two podcasts. So it's uh, a, a link. Lengthy chat. We've split it into two podcasts to make it a little easier to uh, listen to in segments. So this is going to be part one, uh, and tomorrow we'll have part two of uh, our interview with Paul Van Deventer from MPI. And welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're here um, in kind of a noisy location, but I think we can uh, we can make this work. And uh, we're talking with Paul Van Deventer, president and CEO of uh, Meeting Professionals International. And uh, we were going to originally talk a, a little bit ago, but some events uh, interceded while we were at WEC, so we've gotten together here a bit after. Um, but that gives us a better perspective. We can talk a bit more about WEC um, since we're not talking during it. So welcome, Paul. Thank you, John. Great to be with you, it's as so, always. It's so much fun to, uh, to have a chance to sit and talk with you and... Uh, I know we've been catching up a little bit before we actually turned the recorder on, so hopefully we didn't use up all the good material then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's let's look first at WEC, because we just came off a very successful one. Yes. And so the attendance on that ended up uh, over 2,000? Over 2,000, um,
1: which was uh, not quite where we were at in San Francisco last year, but a little ahead of Minneapolis
0: the year before. Okay. And it, 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 uh, it had a very good feel. It I, did. I was uh, really, uh, there, there was reinvention is a word that you used uh, leading up to it, and I had, I had made some notes about sort of the reinvention of it, but maybe maybe just speak to some of the things that MPI sort of purposely did coming into WEC to try and help uh, change things up a little. Yeah, sure. Well, it was actually, it was a
1: nice um, a fortuitous um, challenge that we had when uh, we were, originally scheduled to be in Philadelphia and when the DNC um, awarded Philadelphia uh, the DNC this year we lost our dates and we couldn't come up with a a alternative that worked with Philly and Atlantic City offered a great option to us we began to look at Atlantic City and what they've gone through through their history and it has been a city that's constantly tried to reinvent itself, uh, sometimes more successfully than others. And we looked at that in comparison to what was going on with MPI. Mm -hmm. Uh, MPI has a 40 plus year history and it's got a great legacy, a great brand. um, It's got a great reputation around the world for what it's done for industry. But we also recognize that in order for us to be relevant to today's market, And relevant to the employees that uh, and professionals in our industry we have to change what we're doing so we really want to build off of that concept of reinvention and not just in our live events like WC but everything we're doing around education membership value is all about rethinking and evolving MPI uh, to be more relevant and more value-based for today's environment Specifically at WEC, we did some really fun, uh, we had some fun approaches, um, uh, looking at our general session room. We, we tested this concept a little bit at our European conference over in Copenhagen in February, where we had a very non-traditional room. Right. And it worked well, it was well-received by most attendees. <laughs> uh, there are some traditional attendees who may not have liked it, and the the MPI team brought the concept to us and, and said this this is how we want to really rethink what we're doing here. We want everyone to feel the environment is um, is not as comfortable as they may know as a traditional environment. We want them to walk in the door and have a, oh my gosh, where do I go? Right. Um, and that approach came through. We are seeing our survey results. It's been very interesting. The The overall results are extremely strong, very aligned to what we had in San Francisco last year. But when you get to the verbatims, there's comments like, I really didn't know where to look for my first day. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't quite sure where to pick my seat, but then I began to understand the room and the dynamics and how you leverage the opportunity to keep action moving around that room. And it made the whole experience feel much broader. and, And I really felt more engaged throughout uh, what was going on so that was a big change for us um, yeah big change took a lot of risks. Uh, we used um, it, in that environment we also we went a little bit different in the type of individual that we had MC the show uh, we used more of a comedic uh, right. approach someone who had a passion for industry because she she's a entertainer she works with Miss America uh, but we let her kind of ad-lib and um, <laughs> and relate to the audience, and that worked very well for us as well. Um, We've also, over the last three years, have reduced general sessions. Um, We only had one general session this year. The other uh, two main um, general groupings were around flashpoints and and technology um, reviews. So we're getting away from a very traditional form of every morning you come into a general session, there's a keynote speaker, there's a couple advertisers or sponsors who talk, uh, then you move to the classroom. So that was another, you know, another ongoing change. Uh, we're getting to a lot more uh, smaller uh, class breakouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, continue to expand the idea of campfire sessions. Uh, continue to expand the uh, the deep dives from the flashpoints or the general session speakers. So when you hear someone in that live large room, like a Mike Shea from South by Southwest you then have an opportunity to go to another room in a more intimate environment and see them closer. So a lot of changes there in what we're doing. Um, the, uh, the the approaches we had in our entertainment, we're, we're getting broader in the type of entertainment we're doing, we're featuring more live entertainment. Uh, and we're trying to balance the fun and excitement of live entertainment was still allowing an environment where networking can occur, right? And uh, that's a really tough challenge for any event planner. It's always been. Yeah, But are trying to bring that together. So I, I know I've been talking a lot about. No, it. so it's, it's a,
0: exciting <laughs> what we're doing. The team's been great with with rethinking it. Well, and even like the marketplace, I know you sort of reimagined that and the hosted buyer idea, um, where anyone could schedule an appointment with people, and yeah. I, I, I thought it was very uh, interesting grouping the marketplace and not having a separate hosted buyer area, which the point made in one of the articles I read was about staffing. And uh, I thought that made a lot of sense that now they don't have to have two sets of people to cover an area, and yet they can still do the same job.
1: Yeah, and you know, that's you test a lot of ideas. You you push forward new concepts. Some work, some don't work so well. Um, The general session feedback's been very strong. Uh, some of the changes in host to Buyer didn't come over as well and so we're working with our supplier partners and say okay what do we do that you like this year what do we do that we need to tweak more for next year Um, one of frankly one of the challenges with the new software we used to create the ongoing scheduling um, was late getting out to everyone and and created some um, some challenges on the scheduling side once it got going people loved how it worked and the planners loved the flexibility of being able to schedule appointments throughout the, the conference. Um, the suppliers said they had much higher quality meetings. Um, we used a concept within the scheduled day of Host and Buyer, the opening day, where we used this best match concept where you really had a high level of qualification going on. Um, it screened out a lot of individuals who may have wanted to participate who weren't able to, but the, then the quality of the meetings the suppliers and planners had together were extremely
0: highly rated. And that's, you know, talking about change and reinvention and all of that. It's, uh, as as I've mentioned when we were chatting before we started, it's tough when you've been around the industry a long time. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, sometimes changes, my immediate reaction is sort of visceral about, I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, I mean, one thing that you said from the stage uh at the event about MPI being profitable for the first time in how many years? Eight years. In eight years. I mean, there's something to that, and there's something to making an organization be able to move forward in a new century and not be frozen in time. And so, even personally, I've been working on this idea of just being more open to the changes and understanding that you're trying to please a massive number of viewpoints. And that it's constantly evolving and shifting too, because people come in and out of the industry. Yeah, and if you,
1: if I look at my um, uh, my non-statistical, uh, you know, hallway speak, and I and I meet with people and get their feedback, when we tested that general session room concept in Denmark, um, there was clearly there there was a, a core group. Was really excited by it and they enjoyed it but there's two outlying groups there was about a 10 15 percent of the people I talked to who didn't know there's anything different because they hadn't <laughs> been to something like this before okay. so they were just like oh I thought this that's what we these do media- and and if you think about our audience we have over 20 percent of people attend WC every year for the first time so you're not showing them something different you're giving them a new way to do a meeting and right. and um, giving them concepts and ideas, but they don't know it's different than what we did before. Right. Um, and then we have on the other end a population that is just set in their ways and they very uncomfortable and they they give me some very strong feedback around, <laughs> um, this isn't what events are supposed to be like. This isn't how WC is supposed to be. This isn't how MPI does things. Um, unfortunately, um, that's not the audience we can afford to appeal to. You know, we, we right. have to appeal to the 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 audience that's taking the industry over the 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 millennials are driving the future of our industry and it's our obligation as an association to provide and support their professional development Um, give them the knowledge we can from those of us who've been experienced and have been around share as best you can the learnings we've had but also
0: recognize that we have to be relevant for today's market right right well and i I mean stepping beyond WEC uh, as the organization as a whole. It, it seems like that reinvention is, is also a big part of education and what you're doing in the educational offerings. And I know last year we talked about things like the cruise industry and some of the different uh, focused areas. But um, you've rolled out more this year. Um, you've had some time now for a few things to start settling in, like the new CMM program. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, there was a renewal with Darden. Um, yes, us. To continue yep. with that. So um, are are there things in the future we should look for? Or is this kind of you've come up with what's what you want to move forward with for a while? Uh,
1: no, I'd say there's a, there's a constant need to continue to evolve. And we have a very, we put together um, almost three years ago a very clear vision of where we wanted MPI to go, and we built a strategic plan around that. And that plan was focused on some fundamental pillars, and you're starting to see a lot of the traction around those. First was getting back focused around what do we stand for, and what's our primary objective It's professional development. So we needed to rethink how we deliver professional development, what that means, um, the value we get uh, and deliver to our members and the general industry, uh, all professionals in the industry. And you saw that in the launching and focus of the MPI Academy and then some of the programs you're talking about, you know, coming out with specific classes um, in, in functional areas like cruise uh, sustainability, healthcare, uh, healthcare yes. Um, we had a, a focus around the the chapters and recognized that um, the number one value, I believe, for uh, individuals engaged with MPI is the volunteer experience they can get at the chapter level. They, they learn so much about themselves and business in some of those roles in chapter volunteerism. But we allowed for years the chapters to run very autonomously mm-hmm. and we weren't giving them the right infrastructure and support to enable the success of the chapter leaders. And you would see that so certain chapters are just very strong, very well developed. Um, and that led to good succession planning, it led to profitability at the chapter level, um, and it led to growth overall among that community. Uh, There was other chapters that were on the other end of that spectrum, and you could see decline in membership, you'd see um, uh, challenges around the balance sheets. So we made an object. one of the core objectives was, let us enable the chapter leaders to be more successful, and let's get our brand and our promise delivered more consistently, Wherever you are, whether it's at a chapter in any part of the world, whether you're going to visit MPI online, um, or whether you're at one of our live events. So those, yeah, those are some of the examples of this key part of the strategic plan we put together. We're evolving that plan. We're, we're in the middle of pushing it forward. We also recognize that it can't stop when that plan's done. Right. So I'm working with our international board right now, with my leadership team and saying, okay, as we're moving these forward, we having some success and getting some traction and you're seeing revenue growth for our first time in eight years. We're seeing our community expanding for the first time in eight years. Where do we want to be now three, four years from now? And how do we rethink that strategic plan and keep it going forward? And it's all around the member value. It's around defining what our community is and our role in that community. It's thinking bigger and broader around what MPI's uh, opportunity and obligation is for this industry, and um, I think that gets way beyond just a core member base and, and into the overall industry.
0: Well, I know uh, you added plan your meetings, mm-hmm. and uh, and I know there was some pushback with some of the basic offerings that were brought out there, and um, that was addressed in some industry articles that I've read and things, and it just... Um, it. It does seem like you're reaching to some markets that haven't been reached out to before by the organization, like someone whose title isn't planner, but they're in that role. And we all know people who are thrust into that, and and an admin who's put into the role of planning a meeting, and so having some basic offerings to help them uh, seems a reasonable solution. It seems like a good idea and and I know some of the pushback was about the idea of like a certification and Go CMP ahead. and CMM and we've talked about CMM before. Yep. And, um, so, you know, one thing I, I would say is I appreciate the, um, the willingness to listen and the taking of feedback and looking at it and seeing how it fits into what's trying to be accomplished. It's not just sort of orders coming down from the tower that this is how you're doing things yeah
1: and to me when i look at mpi's um, role um, as well as i think it's some of our obligation as in a um, professional association this industry it's sort of there's two real overriding factors for me one is uh, enabling the overall and increasing the overall professionalism of those in the industry uh, so how do we make those who work in the industry, how do we enable them, how do we support them in getting better at doing what they're doing? The industry isn't just full-time professionals. There are all kinds of individuals, to your, whether it's an administrative assistant, whether it's a marketing manager, that are really impactful in this industry, that plan a lot of meetings, that impact a lot of meetings, so I think it is part of our role and our obligation to increase the professionalism of all those, or give them the opportunity to increase their own professionalism. The other side of it is the external, helping people who aren't in our industry understand what a great industry it is. And part of doing that is as you share the message of what the return on live events is, um, the uh, economic value of live events, we also have to show the credibility of the industry. And we do that by showing the level of education certification of overall professionalism is equivalent to other industries that you look at that may have more of a tradition around credentialing and, and um, uh, other types of certification programs so if you look at us down the road as an industry I want people to look at us the same way you might look at um, stockbrokers, and you know they have to get a series 7 and that, right. that gives them a certain level of Credibility, or a real estate agent getting their their uh, real estate broker um, certification, uh, uh, financial planners getting the professional financial planner certification. We should be looked at the same way. And if you can start to show that our industry, all the associations together, working together, have raised the level of credibility around testing and training and um, accepted standards. Ex- yeah, standards. It's going to make the industry more accepted, and it's going to raise the credibility of our industry. So going to a group like Your Meetings or expanding our audience, to me, is just a natural extension of doing those two obligations.
0: I've, I've noticed there, there seems to be, in some ways, a, a bit more cooperation and a bit more understanding between a lot of the industry organizations that are out there. Um, I work some with the CIC. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with IMEX on podcasting in the past. And I, I see that there's cooperation and there's work going on, like with rolling out rendezvous to uh, additional events beyond just having it at WEC. Yep. And that's a way for the foundation to raise money. And it's a way to bring MPI's footprint, I, I would say, into mm-hmm. some of these other events. And I appreciate that as a member of the industry because I've always thought that we needed to cooperate more and and work these folks together.
1: I I would say one of the the real pleasant surprises that I've enjoyed in my tenure now, almost three and a half years, uh, in coming back into the industry and in being in this role, is how cooperative the industry is with each other. um, And traditionally, industries I've worked in have been very, um, very cutthroat. There's a winner, a loser. And you wake right. up every morning trying to figure out how you put your competitor out of business. Um, I think there's, an, there's a great example, especially from a lot of our supplier partners in recognizing that if they expand the overall size of the industry, they'll all get their fair share. And if they work together on that, whether it's hoteliers, uh, whether it's the AV companies, um, some of the big event companies, if they, can underst- if they can get everyone to understand the investing in live events is going to benefit their organizations, then they will all get an equal share of that growth. Right. Um, what's been nice for me in the last, well, I, since I've been here, I, I can't talk to the history before, but what I have seen is the associations recognizing that as well, that we all have a niche to play. We all have a role to play. Um, there's not one overall solution and we can help support each other. And we can make this industry better and stronger by speaking as a single voice and supporting the niches we're in in a way that it helps everyone overall. And truly through CIC, through Meetings Means Business, um, through through JMEC over in Europe, we're seeing more and more of a pull together of the associations
0: like we have seen with the suppliers in the past. And I know certainly that's been a message that needs to get out after the tough economic times uh, into the community outside of our sort of insular world where we all talk to each other in the impact of meetings and the idea of when we meet we change the world, the the slogan that we're using, and that idea of what we can do to make the world a better place uh, that comes from our work that concludes part one of our two-part interview with Paul van de Venter. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we hope that you'll join us tomorrow for part two. This has been the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast, your podcast source for news and discussions of the meetings and events industry. You can find out more about Strategic Meeting Tech at our website, www.strategicmeetingtech.com. There you'll find resources and information about how we help planners to create better audiovisual and technology outcomes at their events. Our music is provided by Steph Sachs, under license from the Creative Commons, and you can find out more information and links to the artists there on our website as well. Please send any comments or suggestions to John, J-O-N, at strategicmeetingtech.com. Thanks for listening.